All right, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Danielle White, one of the co-founders of an exciting new drinks company, Savora Drinks. Savora is a company aiming to pair alcoholic spirits with mixers, starting out by making their very own tequila mixer themselves. If you're thinking of starting your own drinks brand, this is for you. And if you're not, if you're just into tequila and spirits, this is also the episode for you. We cover how Danielle and her co-founder met at EY uh, to experimenting with flavors, to producing their own, you know, very first debut product. Also how they source their manufacturer very early in their process of starting and tips of how you can do the same. Um, because they started literally from scratch and then went to a manufacturer pretty much straight away. So, you know, it's, it's quite unique in that sense. So I really think that you guys can find value from that if you are looking on starting a drinks brand on your own. And it's a very exciting space to be in. So, so yeah, why not? Um, so that brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm doing a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts. And there's been quite a few coming in recently, uh, which is always nice to see. So this week, the shout out goes to Too Good Media. Uh, great insight to launching a business. Great selection of successful guests. The questions are focused and useful to get to understand how to grow a business, generate traffic, produce content, succeed in social media, etc. So valuable uh, to launch my own business. And I love the podcast. Fun to listen to and also learn. Thank you so much for that comment. It's so, so nice to hear that you're enjoying. And yeah, if you want to also feature next week in the form of a shout out, please be sure to leave a written review with your name and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode for sure. So yeah, that, without further ado, let's get on the episode. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Hi, Cedar. I'm really well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm really excited as well. Not many food brands have come on my, my podcast for a while, so it's really good to have a food brand back on. And the, the benefit of, of getting a food brand on the podcast is that I get quite lucky and you guys are very generous enough to send me send me a sample and you did. So I, I have to give you a massive shout out, a massive thanks for, for sending a couple of your drinks over. They're really good. Oh, good. I'm glad. So did you enjoy them? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it a bit later, but I'm not a big drinker mm-hmm. and I know that they're designed for, for tequila, right? Yeah. So I just basically had it on its own and you can tell it needed something. Yeah. So I feel like I might have had it in the wrong way. I might have experienced it in the wrong way. Yeah. No, it is like we have made it specifically for tequila, but yeah, I quite like drink it on its own sometimes, to be honest. It's just nice and fresh. So um, yeah, definitely. It's very, it's very zingy. It's very like, it's kind of like I don't want to compare it to Sprite, but it's not like Sprite at all. <laughs> like it's, a natural it's so much Sprite. More, yeah, but it, the thing is, if it, it, it feels more clean, I don't know if that uh, yeah. people listening will be like, "What the what? Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> but it does. It just it feels like a cleaner thing on your, a cleaner drink on your palate, um, yeah. more refreshing in that sense. Not not sugary at all. Uh, that's what I liked about it. It was a lot more natural. Yeah, that's something that we try to aim to do, to be honest, keep it supernatural. So I'm glad that you thought that. Yeah, I guess there's, I haven't come across many drink brands that specifically pair themselves to, obviously you've got like gin and tonic, but the tonic you can drink by itself, right? There aren't, yeah. there aren't many drink brands that I've come across where it's specifically paired to a spirit. Yeah, this is something that, you know, this is how Savora drinks kind of started up, to be honest. So we'd kind of seen it as a gap in the market that you know you have your tonic that has been pairing for gin but where is it for everything else of the other spirits and we thought you know we've got to try and get in on this and we both love tequila so that is really how our tequila mixers were born you and your you and your co-founder 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me and my co-founder. Yeah. <laughs> so how did I guess how did the, how did the journey begin with I guess like how did it all start? How did you meet each other and and, and come up with this idea? Yeah. So um, I graduated two years ago now, and I started at a grad scheme at EY, and I met my co-founder there. We're both in audit, and we quickly met each other, and we both realised that we had a big passion for business. Um, we'd meet up on weekends, and we'd be dreaming about like making our own business. And he pitched to me one day an idea that he'd had at uni and he's full of ideas where co-founder matters. And he was like, you know what, how about we make a mixer for tequila? And he pitched it to me and I was like, you know what, absolutely. Like, this is so needed. I love tequila. Like, where is a mixer for tequila? Um, And it is just known as a shot. I don't think many people drink it with a mixer. And if they do, it's... No, I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. So we thought, you know what, this is like actually something that the market could do with. I think this would be really exciting. So we sat one weekend and we got every single juice we could think of. And we just started going a bit rogue. You know, we're putting things everywhere. We were trying loads of different flavor combinations. And given it was a completely different recipe at that time, but we'd came up with a recipe and we started going forward with it. So you just came up with the recipe you know putting random things together it was kind of like i guess you and it was like a chemistry experiment i suppose <laughs> just putting like random stuff together seeing what worked pairing it with tequila you you guys must have got pretty drunk that night right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely i mean we have a good uh business for business research but um yeah we'd kind of the recipe was completely different at the time to be honest we'd kind of gone with you know what do we think what do we think is going to pair well together what do we think are already quite classic flavor pairing so I think the original recipe was oh what was it I think it was lemon ginger and potentially mint and now I'm looking back at it I'm thinking why on earth did we think of that flavor but that was kind of what we'd ran with at the start and I think as well, it's, time, almost a, it's almost a mojito right those those ingredients yeah, apart from the ginger true. very true it kind of is so you know we had gone with that to begin with and we thought mm, this probably doesn't work and we eventually switched to a strawberry lime and mint and then we've switched again so our mixer in our range now and we're releasing it very soon is a zesty lime and sweet agave so the lime I think I think we conceptualized it a lot more as time went on so tequila and lime are so often paired together you know if you're having a shot at the bar you'll take it with lime Um, and that was a big thing we wanted to keep in the mixer because we thought a tequila mixer is quite a new thing And we don't want people to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to pair tequila with all these ingredients that maybe I've never even heard of. We wanted to keep it familiar. Um, And we added agave to it, which is almost like a sweet syrup. And agave is actually the plant that tequila is from. So I thought it just paired everything together so well, having that agave in the mix with tequila. Um, So we're really happy with the final outcome. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because you get, I mean, you have some spirits that that pair well with with, with things. I mean, you've got like gin and tonic, right? And then you've got a few (laughs) others. But with tequila, there's literally, I can't think of anything that, that it's like, that it's had with. It's a bit bit weird to, to think that. I've never really, I've never really thought about it. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that was the driving force of why we first made Savora drinks. We we just thought it was so odd that no one had ever thought, you know what, like, let's try and make a mixer for it. Um, you know, and there is some people we can see in the market now that people are starting to bring that out. And tequila is definitely on the rise. So it's just, 
you know, it all made sense in our head when we started and we're really excited going forward. It looks like it's getting bigger and bigger. So So I guess I guess you started with with the idea of we want to create a tequila pairing because we're both crazy into tequila. <laughs> but I suppose and then and then you went to down the, the road of like product um experimentation and come out with different flavors. Uh and, and yeah, you talked about the different iterations that you guys went through. And you went in with, you went into it with the mind of creating a business as well. You didn't you didn't go into the mind of just experimenting with different flavors. I had someone on the podcast before who created a um a cocktail drink, you know, the ones that you find in like well, I don't know, Waitrose or like supermarket shelves, right? And for him it was very much like making it for his friends and then his friends told him to sell it. But for you guys it was kind of the opposite, right? So yeah. that's quite an interesting start. Yeah, I think in a way like it has helped us a lot. So with our brand, we, you know, we always say we have three driving forces to Savora. So we always say the main one, and this is the money driving one, of making spirit mixer pairings. And as of right now, we do a mixers with tequila. But we also have two other driving forces of promoting sustainability in the industry and trying to empower our community as much as we can. So I think starting as a business, we kind of thought, right, we want to do a business. We've decided we want to do a tequila mixer and we're thinking, you know, we want it to be more than just a drinks business. We we kind of define ourselves as a disruptive drinks business. We want to do a bit more than what we first set out to do. And I think that has been an advantage of thinking, right, we want to do a business first. Yeah. And I suppose like when you came up with, with different flavours, how did you kind of go from the next stage? Did you did you have to like validate it? Did you have to test out the flavors in different ways? Because I'm trying to think like, if you want to create a business, you have to get potential sort of market fit, right? Yeah, I mean, you've definitely got to do your market research and understand, you know, you don't want to bring out a product that absolutely no one wants or absolutely no one likes. So we did initially test a lot on our friends. Um, so I think our friends quite enjoyed us for that. But we, with our lemon and ginger one, it was just friends we'd done it on. Um, and then with our strawberry lime and mint and then the actual one we've got today which is lime and agave we tested it on friends to begin with but then we started expanding that to people in you know links in the industry that we knew we were sending them out um and that has been such a big help to get the product feedback and understand right what does this market actually want and that is kind of how i got back to you know we need to keep lime in it because that is a familiar pairing and i think it makes people more willing to take your product because it's a bit familiar almost you don't want to scare your customer away so okay you 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 went from that stage of idea product product iteration testing it out with friends and finding something that you felt like very confident towards going forward what was the next stage did you speak to i suppose potential like customers in terms of like distribution did you, did you talk how, how was how was the next stage in terms of in terms of that yes yeah, so actually getting the product up and going do you mean yeah 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 um yeah so we'd been quite lucky that we'd you know and I was chatting to you about this before of how we it's a long long process to get a manufacturer and once you get one it is just it just everything starts to fall into place so we did actually have um a manufacturer before the one we're using now and she was so useful she would give us tips of things like shelf life what you need in it um you know the ingredients you need to get the right carbonation levels and it was things that we hadn't really thought of when we were making it at home um just because i had a carbonator that was just one level um there's just so many more elements when you're manufacturing and our manufacturer today um again is so helpful and 
you know, he has been the reason that we've been able to get to market. He helps us understand testing all these things that we hadn't thought of again. So, um, you know, even the little things like you have your normal shelf life, but you need to have an open shelf life. So, you know, on the bottle, it will say um, consume within 24 hours or something. It's just those little things that I think you need your network to help you with. Yeah, I mean, I think people listening, right? We, we've had a lot of food podcasts, food and drink podcasts episodes before everyone always says that sort of thing with i I mean in every industry right but with with food and drink it's always like oh i didn't really think about that until you know i made a mistake and people Mm -hmm. you know i had to redo the packaging and stuff like that so i guess for anyone wanting to start a food business uh i mean i think there will be loads of people listening to it because you know everyone obviously like has that has a passion within food uh in different ways what what the sort of like lessons that you learn you know, either from your manufacturer or other mentors that you found in this space that is very much applicable to your 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 own journey earlier on that you could have applied or anyone else's when they're starting out? Yeah, I think a big thing of it, and this is something that my co-founder always drills into me, that you need to go for no. I think it's a book that is actually reading. So he kind of explains it as, um, you know, Going into that success of if you want your success to be finding a manufacturer, for example, there's going to be failures along the way. And the first issue we had when we first started out was we would message some manufacturers, say we'd sit for a whole day and we'd message about 100. And then we wouldn't hear back from any and we'd think, oh, like they don't want us. We'll just have to move on. And you don't really know. They might not have received that. They might have just accidentally opened it and left it. And you need to keep going until you get that no. And getting that no is so important because then you can move on. And I wish we'd done that from the start because I think we'd probably missed out on a lot of opportunities because we thought the door was closed when really maybe it's just been missed on the other side because we only tried once. Um, So that's definitely something I wish we'd done from the start and being persistent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that goes for everything, right? Like the opportunity is not gone until like there's a formal like no I guess like yeah uh, persevering and email follow-ups all of that stuff like it's it, it it's really important like it's very underrated skill no absolutely I you know it's something that we're trying to apply all the time now so we do message like people for example stockists we're trying to get at the moment we are messaging them a lot to get a response and sometimes like after four messages I'll be like oh sorry like just haven't seen this yet. So it is proven that it's working well. Why did you decide to go down the road of manufacturing? I know a lot of people have come on the podcast before. The first food podcast we had was was Otsu, so like homemade overnight oats. And she she's still making um, her products from her own house. She's I know she's looking for a manufacturer at the moment. She's quite transparent about it, so I can say. But she's she's talk, she's looking at it. Why did you decide to go down that route straight away? Yeah, I think there were probably two things that we thought so we wanted originally we started the drinker still just because it was easier to do at home and we did actually want to start it from home um and doing it still made it a lot easier and we'd found after distributing it to some friends and family they'd said oh we really want this carbonated and we'd kind of agreed we did but we'd done it more just because we felt we were limited and we thought you know we need to make a good product let's not just limit ourselves to home let's try find a manufacturer And we thought, "Mm, we can probably do it from home until we find one. And we did a little launch for our friends and family. We actually bottled it all up, got our labels on. And it just took us hours. We would, I would go over to Matt's and we would, 
I don't actually know. I think I'd be there from about 8am to 12am at night and we'd have packed about 30, 40 boxes and each one had two bottles in. So it was 60 bottles and we just thought there's no way we can go on like this. Um, So I think it was the two main things, the combination and just the length of time it took. Uh, We thought we just had to start outsourcing because as we start growing, we're going to have to turn people away otherwise. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to to get your take on this because for, for a lot of people thinking about or even the early stages of having a food business, it's like a manufacturer seems like it's very sort of down the horizon. You have to be very established to have that because of different reasons, right? Like, yeah. like for, for them, they have they have minimum order quantities. Like they might not even take you seriously if you're not big enough. Like mm-hmm. it will cost a lot of money that you might not have. Like there's a lot of different barriers or perceptions in people's minds when it comes to manufacturers. What has your experience been like going, you know, because you didn't spend too much time with the with the manufacturing process in your own house, how do you how like how's your experience been like going straight to manufacturing? Yeah, I mean, what you said, like we felt like from the start, so we we would contact a lot of places and they would say, okay, like the minimum order quantity is going to be ten thousand liters, and we were thinking that we'd probably do about two hundred liters for the first runs. So we were like, this is just not going to be possible, um, and it's just messaging the right people and not being discouraged because. There's going to be someone out there for you. You've just got to find them. So we've actually, the two places that we've felt have worked best for us is our manufacturer before and our manufacturer now. Um, They're both drinks companies themselves and they've offered that we can come in and manufacture with them. Um, So I think that helps a bit, finding someone in your industry, whether that's hopefully they can manufacture for you, potentially if they're kind enough to let you in or even getting some advice from them and how they've started out. I think that has been another valuable thing we've been doing. We've been reaching out to a lot of local places in Edinburgh, a lot of local drinks brands. Just, we, we had a problem with our manufacturing and reached out to a few. Everyone was so helpful. I would say reach out to as many people as you can to be if you're struggling with manufacturing because all the brands have been there. So basically, basically ask, asking them where they have where they get their, their their drinks manufactured. Maybe a little bit. I think we were kind of apprehensive because we thought, I'm not sure any of the drinks brands are going to want to tell us. And we were like, I'm not really sure. But they were just amazing with it. So we just said, you know, we're struggling for manufacturing. Um, do you have any tips anywhere that maybe we could go? And every single person responded a different place or a different lead. So it was really useful. Um, and I think... We probably have in the past year of Sabora maybe underestimated what our network could help us do. So I think definitely on that front, we should have used our network from the start. I guess when it comes to, I guess, myths when it comes to manufacturing and manufacturers, what are some that you can dispel? Because like minimum order quantity is one that comes up quite a lot or like cost when it comes to manufacturers. I guess like, yeah, 10,000 liters is kind of standards, like Mm -hmm. I I would imagine, but... like you must have found a way to get around that right yeah i think those are probably the big myths of it that you have to have really big minimum order quantities you know you have to meet those orders every single month for some manufacturers that is the case but you'll find a lot there isn't um and i've noticed that as we're looking around there are some manufacturers that are actually for startup companies um so i would definitely say don't be discouraged if a few people say or, you know, your minimum order quantity is too small. We're never going to meet your cost. I think it is just being persistent and finding someone. 
Um, mm. I would definitely say that's a big myth of the minimum order quantities. It's really interesting to hear Danielle's, you know, ambition for the brand itself because she doesn't want to just, you know, stay at tequila pairings, but she really sees a whole spectrum of different drinks that she can go into. And so, yeah, I really want to talk to her about the vision of the brand and where it can kind of go into the future because it's kind of, you know, limitless because there's so many different spirits out there. So, like, as I mentioned before, so we have, like, three big things of our brand and every time we make a decision or something we're doing, we go back to these three values we have. So. The money-making side of we make um, premium spirit mixer pairings, but also the side of sustainability. Are we being as sustainable as we can? For example, things with waste or things with our carbon footprint. And the last one is trying to empower and lift up our community in any way we can. Um, and we hope to do that, especially once things with COVID are a bit different. Um, we want to hold events and raise money for charities and things like that. So there are a lot of things in our brand that much more than just a drinks company um and in the future i'm hoping we can get a lot more into that as we are quite a small company so it's been a lot of planning and not a lot of doing and i think in the next year we really want to execute all these things i guess what's the what's the growth been like so far has it has it surprised you in any way like in terms of in terms of that we have been surprised that i remember when we first made our instagram and we made our instagram and we followed a few people we thought were relevant and we immediately were getting messages like, oh, this is so exciting. And I think as soon as that happened, we were like, OK, I think we're on to something here. Um, and in the past year, we've had, you know, our favourite tequila brands and we've had conversations with them. We've had conversations with shops that we always used to buy from, um, you know, in Scotland. And we're actually communicating with them with being stocked. So I think that growth alone has been big for us because I think we've realised that not only have we made a business, but we're on to a potential good business and we've got a lot of things coming down the line. So I think that has been really exciting. Um, mm. I must admit the most exciting thing has been getting that product and getting it in our hands and seeing it. Um, that has just been so exciting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like a, a baby, right? Like, because it, it's like you had the idea, and it's like you can actually hold it and have it in your hands, and it's like, whoa, this is it's crazy how that whole process happens. And I, I always, I always think about that myself of, you know, tech products or software compared to actually physical products. I feel like you get a different feeling. It's very, it's very visceral. It's very human. It, it yeah, it, it does sort of. I do think about that from time to time. Yeah, though it definitely is like a baby because I have where I work in my office, I have all the drinks at the back. Um, and all, I just love seeing them. It just makes me so happy every time I see them. They are like a little baby. I told you before, but I'm in the process of, of you know, going down the food business uh, idea as well. And sort yeah. of like a mini dream of mine, I think we could probably share this dream together is I could be like on the tube or on, on a bus or something. And I just like look across and I just see a random person just just tucking in to one of my products. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> like, I don't know him at all. He doesn't know me, but like he's enjoying something that I that I made. Yeah, that is the dream. That would be so exciting. And what would you do in that situation? Would you go up to him? Would you, would you say hello? Like, what's, I, I don't even know how I'd react in that situation. I don't know. I don't know how it would come across if you're like, oh, I made that product. <laughs> um, I think you'd be a bit creeped out. Yeah. <laughs> I know me and my co-founder always talk about when bars and restaurants reopen um, and we've been speaking to a few that we want to get stocked in that we want to go and like go order it and see like what all the staff are saying like it's just such an exciting thought. How's that whole process come about like in terms of stocking and all of that stuff like 
I don't know what the perception is of how easy it is to get stocked in certain places, but I guess what was your what's your experience been like in stocking in different bars and I guess what was sort of like target you're going after and also like what's what's the experience been like? You know, a big part of our value is our community. So we've thought, especially with how much bars and restaurants have been suffering, we really wanted to target local places. Um, so we're not really gunning for, you know, all the big supermarkets at the moment. We're wanting to help the small stores nearby and all the local bars and restaurants. So they've been really, really responsive to it and they've been really, you know, really lovely actually. We've had some great feedback from them. There's a lot of places that are accepted. And sometimes I think it's good to, I know it is the dream of getting into big supermarkets, but it's so lovely to have another local business want like your product and want to chat about your product and be excited about it. Um, mm. And I think we do think that down the line, we want to get into bigger places and chains and the big supermarkets. But I think at the moment, this is kind of where we're wanting with it and expanding from, so we're based in Edinburgh, so in Edinburgh, in Scotland, in the UK, um, targeting those local bars and restaurants. Um, I think it just makes it more a bit more personable, to be honest. And I love that side of the business. Mm. I know, I know, you know, restaurants, bars, and stuff are closed at the moment. But have you have you had those like conversations? Have you actually been stocked anywhere? Like, how's like it must be? It might be quite early for to, to for that to happen, but. I guess what's that feeling like when you when you do get stocked in your first place? So we're actually due to launch in the next month or so. So we haven't actually been physically stocked and it's been sold somewhere, but we have had so I had a chat today actually with our online stockist and it's gonna be our solo stockist for a while because we wanted to concentrate where the sales were going. Um and it's just it honestly just made my day chatting to him because he's so excited about the product. We'd sent some samples over to him and he's just he's just so lovely he just loved chatting about it and it is honestly the best feeling in the world because we've been working for almost a year on Savora drinks now and this is the first like realizable goal of oh my gosh we're gonna get stocked people are gonna start buying our products like it is just I think it's probably one of the biggest milestones we've hit and it's been very exciting so what is it like a bar restaurant and i guess you like you'll end up visiting it quite a lot right (laughs) yeah i know it'll be very exciting (laughs) what is it it's it's a bar so the guy i was chatting to today he actually has an online shop it's like for craft drinks um oh cool yeah but we have been chatting to some bars and restaurants as well so it's been a variety of things really that's another thing is it must be so cool to to, if you visit that place a bar restaurant or whatever wherever it must be really cool just to see someone just it's the same dream right you just want to see you just want to see, <laughs> see people like enjoying your product yeah it'll be so <laughs> exciting it is the dream what are the sort of like next products just to wrap up the podcast like the next products that you see on your horizon like obviously there's the tequila matching but mm-hmm. you don't have to just stop there right there's a lot of other spirits that you can definitely match match with oh yeah a hundred percent yeah so i think in the near future we probably want to extend our tequila range so We'll probably come up with a Christmas type range. I think Christmas things are always good to go with. Um, and then there's kind of two avenues I think we're going to go down in the future. So we want, a, and this is a big hit on our sustainability goals. So we want to make seasonal mixers. So we want each season of the year, we'll have certain type of mixers and it will only be available in that season. So we'll be taking local seasonal produce, whether that's fruit, veg or herbs, and we'll be incorporating that into the mixer. So it's great on the front of you're getting you know beautiful produce from nearby and it's in season um but you're also getting it 
from not a million miles away where it's in season there. And I just, I think, you know, when you're in the supermarket, it's not natural to have strawberries all year round. It's, they're always best in summer, I think. So the seasonal mixes I'm yeah. very excited about. Um, and, you know, as you said before, we're wanting to go down the other avenue of creating mixes for other spirits. So we're wanting to branch out into rum, vodka. Um, so there's definitely two paths we're going down at the moment. That's really exciting. I, I can't wait to taste your next product because, yeah, you, you've curated something really nice in um, in the tequila one that you sent me. So I'll, I'll definitely be keeping keeping a tab on that. Danielle, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. For sure, this is like I, every time I get a food entrepreneur on, food or drink, I always say food, but this is drink in this case. <laughs> but whenever I get a food or drink entrepreneur on, I always learn so much and it, it's so, I just hit my microphone <laughs> and it's always so valuable. So thank you so much for coming on. How can people stay in touch with you and your brand going into the future? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, Cedar. It's been really great. But um, yeah, to stay in touch with Savora Drink, so you can find us on all social medias on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can find us on savora.drinks. If you want to go to our website, you can go to www.savoradrinks.com. And something very exciting that we're launching tomorrow. So that's the 5th of March. We are launching our crowdfunder. Um, so that will be the first. Yeah, it'll be really great. So you'll have the opportunity to be one of the first to have Savora and buy it and taste it. So I'm very excited for that. Well, this by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be live, right? So, yeah. so people can already check it out. Yeah, no, for sure. That's very exciting stuff. I didn't, I didn't even know that. You guys got, <laughs> you guys got an exclusive before me. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on again, and I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Cena. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. It's such a pleasure having you and thank you so much for staying to the very end. It really does mean a lot. If you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts because it helps me out so, so much, more than you can imagine. And as a thank you, I'll give you a written, written, a spoken shout out in the next episode at the beginning, like I did with Too Good Media. So yeah, be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, leave your name and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Follow us on Instagram as well. That's where new episodes get announced along with all the previews and all that good stuff. Drop me a message if you want, actually, if you're if you, if you want to give me some feedback or if you're just interested in the podcast. Uh, my DMs are always open. So yeah, be sure to, to do that if you want to. I'll see you in the next episode. My name is Messina. See you later. <laughs>